the future of photography. Hey everybody and welcome to another Future of Photography podcast. Uh, my name's Adrian and happily we have got the whole team here today. Um, partly that's for that, that's a good thing, partly I guess it's for a bad reason but more on that in a moment. First of all though uh, I'd like to welcome back into the fold our long lost team member Chris. How you doing buddy? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <I'm back. laughs> We'll come to you for a minute uh, in a minute, Chris, for for an update on your recent travels. Sure. Um, but Ema, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay in um, almost lockdown here. Not completely. We're still allowed to do our shopping and stuff like that, but it seems imminent as we speak. So um, very strange days. Very strange days indeed. Yeah, Jeremiah, how are you doing? Uh, here, comfortably locked down in uh, in my house, California's pretty much cruising to a complete lockdown schools closed uh shopping allowed uh, you know 10 feet between or six feet between people no bigger than groups of 10 and it's uh it it has become a isolating culture something very very new to i think uh global culture uh, and, and uh, think- but here we are uh, I think just just to to set the right context, because the, when people listen to this, it, things might be totally different. Again, we should uh, say when we're recording this, it is the 18th of March, 2020, when we're recording this. So there's a bit of a delay between recording mm-hmm. this and posting it. And yeah, whatever we say might can be completely be changed in a couple of hours. Yes, don't don't judge us out there, folks. Don't judge yeah. us. <laughs> no, and and another thing that I would like to add here is there is a lot of banter on this show. There's a lot of joking on this show. Um, that does not mean that we do not take the coronavirus thing seriously, but we rather the opposite. So uh, forgive us when we when we when we uh, make light of it here and there, because it's, it's probably, in Germany we have a saying, it's whistling in the forest. You know what, it's important on some levels to not, you know, we have to see some sort of rainbows in the clouds. So mm. we do really need to kind of keep it lightweight on some levels and be positive and, you know, give people positive suggestions for ways to use their time in lockdown instead of, um, I mean, step away from the news for 10 minutes maybe yeah maybe <laughs> watch a couple of hours watch, watch some comedies <laughs> yes. yeah maybe that would be a good thing yes so yeah i i'm with you Ema, completely on this one actually and, and with chris's sentiment as well you know uh, at, at one level you know um uh, i'll try to try to be serious in this conversation another level i am actually as of this afternoon staring down the barrel of six months locked in a house with my children so <laughs> yeah. i'm so, laughing because i hear you yeah. And anyway. Yeah. Oh, don't even go there. I anyway, think, I yes. Think that, I think the 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 thing that it's that's very important for us to all kind of assimilate is a this is a global crisis the likes of which none of us have ever seen or even imagined. It's what we call a black swan event, something that was pretty much um out of the blue. Um and will transform interpersonal relationships and uh, business, uh, economics, social functions, in every way um, we can imagine in many ways that we can't. But um, as creative people, uh, there, there is a, a, as Leonard 
cone set, a crack in the world where the light comes <laughs> in. And, well, and maybe it's the, the art and the creative process that will help us get through these difficult times. Well, I'll ask yeah. you to hold that thought for just a minute, Jeremiah, because that is the main Holding topic it. of our show for today. Uh, as, as many other podcasts and YouTube channels are doing at the moment, we're certainly not the first to have this kind of conversation. Uh, but I would like to hear about Chris's adventures. Yes, <laughs> me too. Yeah, ad adventures is the right <laughs> word because it was kind of adventurous. So um, I've been to Ethiopia as as we've mentioned before, and this tour would uh, would usually have ended on the twenty fourth of March, so in a week from from when we record this. Um, but it had to end earlier because uh, we were we were pretty we were feeling pretty safe down there in the south of Ethiopia in the Omo Valley. And um, for, on the one hand, there was a very low number of confirmed cases. And on the other hand, uh, it, it might, of course, not be that case. There's definitely uh, cases that are not identified. And I would expect them to be quite high in Africa. But um, what gave us a good feeling, too, is that um, they did a pretty thorough job screening everyone who came into the country, at least for temperature. They had a, uh, a questionnaire for everyone so that they would know where you go and how to contact you and so on and so forth. So they did a fairly thorough job in that uh, regard. But um, yesterday on the 17th, um, and, and, and we started this tour expecting to be able to finish it because when we started it uh, the whole coronavirus thing wasn't as big and but then <laughs> what comes into play here is that humans are not good at anticipating <laughs> uh, uh, exponential developments so uh, yesterday morning we were about to leave for the jungle which would have taken us like uh, at least a day or two away from the next airport so uh, before we did that, <clears throat> we we saw we, we we checked the news, which I did every day, to make sure we are up to date on what's going on. And uh, yeah, the, the 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 German government had announced the lockdown for tourism, the complete lockdown for tourism. Um, so we got in contact with the German embassy, mostly Germans on the tour. That's why, and we got in contact with the embassy, and the embassy told us get out <laughs> be quick get out you should uh, try to get home and uh, the government has now started a program to get all germans back into the country mm. um so if if you're not uh, back home by a certain time they will kind of take care mm. of it you have to get on a list and uh, and then you will be included in that effort but i managed to get out on the last lufthansa flight for for four weeks so they canceled that uh, I was initially on a waiting list and some someone must have pulled a few strings because I did not expect to get on that flight, but I did. And uh, so here I am back home, locked locked in, where we're locking ourselves in mostly. Um, well, welcome back. Glad, glad you got home without, without too much difficulty. Uh, sorry, sorry, your trip was, was, had to be curtailed. Um, well, of course, next... podcasting is one of the few things that we can do safely at the moment. <laughs> Help. Yes. Huh? Very helpful. Save the world. Uh, so, well, let, let's dive. Let, let's dive straight in. As, as, as Jeremiah led, led us uh, 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 earlier a minute ago, um, we're going to talk today about 
uh, ideas for things you can do, uh, creative ideas for things you can do uh, whilst uh, not being able to move around so much. And the idea behind this conversation is we all bring ideas. So um, rather than ask for hands up, who wants to go first? <laughs> I, well, can, let, I can see that Ema has put some good ideas into our into our show notes. Ema, would you like to, to tell us some stuff? Okay, well, I'm thinking of it from the context of especially people who are stuck in the house with fam, like yourself, Adrian, with children, that they need to entertain or educate on some level now that the schools are closed. Um, and it, it brought me to um, the work of this artist called Mary Ruth Walsh, whose work I had the privilege to frame a good number of years back, and it always stayed with me. So it's actually a perfect, um, if if people want to click on and have a look at um, her website the link will be in the show notes but she did a whole series of um, these amazing futuristic cityscapes they were installations but photographed and um, made from really basic things like um, the plastic see-through pots that you know you would get fruit in tubs uh, different sizes just stacked on top of each other and lit very simply, but they're so futuristic and so creative looking. It just made me think, well, what kind of scapes could you create with um, any kind of household objects? I mean, we're, we, we are going to be possibly at the point where we really can't go outside at much at all at this stage. So it becomes about what, what we can really do indoors now, which is really different for me because as you all know all my pictures um involve landscapes um most of the time and and I rarely do an indoor picture so it'll be a challenge I think uh on a lot of levels and for a lot of people like me who like to be outside a lot um so my idea is you know, get get the children looking at everything differently. Get them to look creatively at things. It it may come to the stage. I'm hoping now. I haven't got to try any of this yet. I'm frantically trying to come up with ways in my day job of doing that from home and trying to keep um, an art center have some sort of public present with presence with its doors closed and all its events, you know, uh, suspended indefinitely at the moment. So, um. I think that's something that even we could make a little project out of and maybe keep people updated along. Maybe I'll take it on as something to do with my own children in my spare time um, that we come up with, you know, crazier landscapes or, you know, maybe on the sci-fi sort of, you know, planetscapes or moonscapes or whatever, using whatever is at our disposal. And, and you know, if you've got good lights, like you probably have a good studio set up, Adrian, um, you could do something really amazing on a table with dramatic lighting and some empty plastic containers. And I don't know, I just think it would also could be a lovely opportunity to teach a, a budding photographer maybe that you have at home about things like composition, lighting and just observing in general. And, you know, it might get to the point where everyone's gone around the house and there's just seeing everything in a whole different way, which is only a good thing, I think. I have uh, a thought on on the lighting because uh, the 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 whole tabletop scene um, 
gets away with very little lighting or very cheap lighting usually Ooh. because you don't need big lights you don't need expensive lights uh, a, a desk lamp and a piece of tissue paper for diffusion will do most of the time so that's that's why it's so enticing uh and so much fun to play with like these everyday things with uh a couple of desk lamps you really get uh a really good lighting yes it's a good point. Light lighting was going to be one of my things, actually. So, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so and you know, like the type of work uh, that Jer- uh, Jeremiah that you do with the compositing, even with all the kind of uh, tools available, it would be easy enough to kind of maybe uh, take your picture in um, layers and layer things up and make levels and, you know, really make something interesting, compositing different things together, like collage or that type of thing. Well, I, you know, curiously, you know, I mean, my work is, you know, often about um, the relationship between the false and the true, you know, what's real and what's not, and that kind of inner balance. Mm. So, and learning something new is um, a, a, a great way to kind of use an enforced um, curfew inside. And if you have children, just experience with them is often really as rewarding. Chris, you've got some ideas to share as well, haven't you? Yeah, I picked some very utilitarian things. Uh, um, the the first one, and I, I kind of got those from an article I found on slrlounge.com, um, which is, yeah, sure, you, you have probably a bit more time when you're sitting at home, so why not use it to do a few things that you normally kind of push to the side and say, yeah, I'll take care of this when I have time. Now you do have time. So one of them would be pretty up your website. I mean, you do have a website as a photographer, I assume. If not, you should have one because uh, you. I don't really trust the platforms um, that that host my photos. I'd rather have uh, some uh, just something from Squarespace or somewhere or do your own thing. But get a website and uh, brush it up. Organize the, the photos there, the albums, um, that's one thing. Maybe invest a bit of time into SEO, search engine optimization to be found. That's still a thing. That's still important. If you don't <clears throat> have the right keywords and and headlines and things on your on your site, if the pictures aren't named uh, well, there's a ton of tutorials out there that will help you. Or if you use WordPress, there's plugins that help you with SEO, just to be to be noticed a bit more. Um, a general thing is go over your portfolio. If, if you have something online that you count as your portfolio, um, that changes. You change as a photographer. Over time, you will be a different photographer. I've, If I go back to my, <laughs> my portfolio from five years ago, things are very different now because I've evolved and I've learned new things. So I might want to take some of those older pictures out that I don't think fit, fit my, my, uh, my vision anymore. And uh, one more thing that uh, I think is helpful is just to to help you be more more quick in working. And uh, so you might want to look into some things, some new tools that that you might be that might be helpful um, and research a bit and practice those new tools. I'm just looking into, for example, looking into um into tools that help me when I import a memory card full of pictures and into the computer. Um, Lightroom is just not the fastest sometimes for that part of the process. So there are now actually a whole bunch of 
Lightroom pre-processing tools that help you go through the photos faster, um, tag them, give them ratings, that kind of thing before you import them into Lightroom. So I'm in the process of actually doing that, of researching a couple of tools there. And uh, when I found one, I will bring it back here. Yeah, absolutely. We need the report on that. (laughs) I will. You know, there's a book that I encourage everyone to look at. I'll, I'll, it just occurred to me now. It's called The Photographer's Playbook. It was published by Aperture. I'll post the, uh, the feature in, in our notes. But basically, it's 307 assignments and ideas. You could mm-hmm. open it randomly. And, you know, it, it, it will just give you something to think about in terms of of Daily imaging, crime. you know, whether, yes, it's like that, but, but it really kind of does for a lot of creative thinking. And, and one of the things I thought of uh, is how about photographing every single thing you own and putting it into a book, you know? Wow. Book wouldn't be that yeah. big. You could send it to your insurance broker as well, <laughs> couldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you could. And then you can People get like rid of everything leaflet. without that kind of personal, personal, connection oh, i can't get rid of this tchotchke that i've had for 20 years that's sitting gathering dust but someone gave it to me and i don't want to trash it well, i have a photograph of it adrian tell me about your assignment personally well i've i've got two actually which which are related to to uh, uh, something that's been an interest to me for 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 a long time and something that I'm, I'm looking to get into this year so so the first one uh, azima teed me up for earlier on is, is definitely lighting um uh and and you know the light is everywhere right uh yeah we know this and actually it's manipulating it that's the challenge but if you if you're at home there uh, and you have opportunity and time um then this is something that you uh, personally i can just get lost in for um you, you don't need anything uh particularly clever uh any flashlight or torch would do um candlelight can be really creative there's um uh, that that's that's uh, always an interesting one um sunlight yeah uh is good too uh but if uh, if sunlight doesn't work for you then actually one that a lot of people i think forget to remember about uh is north light um and and to to anybody for whom that's not a, a well-recognized term um north light is the light that comes in through a window uh that is on the north side of your house uh, or building or whatever um, and uh, you'll find that uh, most times of the day and most times of the year um, it'll be a, a really nice soft light uh, that that's away from the direct sun now of course this i guess must be a northern hemisphere thing <laughs> yes <laughs> so so given that we have a global audience i suppose we could also call it south light <laughs> it awesome. does depend on where you live <laughs> Also, um, you'd need a window facing north, <laughs> uh, or, or 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 simply as far you know, pick 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 the window where you live that is is furthest yeah. away from the direct. So like, it could yeah. be if you're shooting in the morning. It the could, day, if you're shooting uh, in the morning, it could be the east light. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. it doesn't have to be the north light. Um, you know, yeah. uh, it's it's but but you'll find that actually um, there is a good reason why why many artists build their studios with windows mm-hmm. facing to the north. 
um, because it provides you with an even light, a soft light, and it can be uh, amazingly um, creative to you know, it'll provide amazing creative opportunities to, to to use that kind of light. So, so you know, this is not about having lots of speed lights. It's not about having a studio set up. Um, you can do this with almost anything. Um, if you've got uh, a, a fairly light cotton white sheet, uh, you can put that up against a window that's even got direct sunlight and you get a gloriously soft light. There are all sorts of ways you can manipulate light. So that that's definitely one for me. Um, my second one, which I think I'm going to try to do more Let's of this year. Let's not forget mirrors, by the oh, way. Oh, mirrors. Yeah, okay, Let's good one. Let's not forget a mirror. Yeah. Because then if you're shooting in one area and you are using your window as natural light but it's not creating enough uh contrast or softness or exposure where you're doing use mirrors to to bounce the light around right to where you want it good point jeremiah (laughs) which 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 prompts a thought actually uh, also about reflection um uh, of light is there are many things uh, in your house that can be used to reflect light Uh, but one of the most creative which is something uh or one of the one of the creative tools which i'm looking forward to experimenting with is what filmmakers would call negative fill which is often something that photographers don't consider um uh and uh you know which is to have uh something that is is put in in just out of camera uh to soak up the light uh rather than to to bounce it back um that can be quite a powerful thing as well so lots and lots of stuff to do with light um and and my second uh my second idea uh is printing um, so I have a printer, uh, an inkjet printer, which, uh, according to the stickers on it from Epson, say that it's capable of printing photographs. I don't think I've ever printed a photograph on it. Um, I, it's just not something I've done. And, and so I think one of the things I'm going to treat myself to uh, in these times of need uh, is a, a packet of, of photographic paper, maybe a, maybe a sample packet with different types in it uh, and see what I can learn about printing um and and see what we see we can go from there so so those are a couple ideas from me um just to 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 keep us well to keep me uh from from going nuts in the next few months um i'm 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 fortunate in the sense that uh, i can actually work from home um so yeah that that is uh that is something that that will help our family keep ticking over um but i would imagine that with four of us uh spending a lot more time together in the house than usual then um some of these ideas i'm definitely going to try out uh with my kids um, Mm -hmm. and and even even with my wife who's not a photography enthusiast but uh you know maybe we can do these things together as a family who knows it'll be fun it will be fun yes that's the that's the spirit (laughs) it will be fun (laughs) Yay, come on, we can do this. Yeah, well, do you know what? We've, we've, we've all had a go at talking about uh, our, our thoughts and, and ideas, and there's quite a lot of ideas. And actually, that, that, that brings us up to almost, almost a full podcast, I think, actually. Um, mm. So we should probably uh, progress to picks of the week. Um, and uh, so uh, I think, I think uh, well, I, t- I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to volunteer to go first because I'm excited about my pick of the week this week. <laughs> Sure, go ahead. Yeah, so um, builds on my thing about printing, actually, um, or, or or generally about working with photographs in, in uh, uh, around around the home. Um, um, I, I don't know whether this is a concept that travels, but here in this country, you can get a, a thing that's called magic whiteboard, or, or or sometimes known as other things, and it gives you. Um, it's like um, a roll of um, you know tin foil, aluminium foil. 
Um, uh, it, co- it comes on a roll, except it's a it's a sort of plasticated paper, um, and uh, it uh, it acts as a whiteboard. So if you if you, you know, the sort of whiteboard you would write on with a pen, um, but it works. It's, it's 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 magic. It really is magic. It works. Mm-hmm. It works by static electricity. So you can pull off a sheet of this thing off the roll, and I think they they what a a one sheets or something like that is the size, um, and uh, you um, you can actually just attach it to the wall you just hold it against the wall and the wall kind of sucks it in with by the magic of static electricity and it will stay there and then you can build a whole wall like this you could cover a whole wall in your in your room uh, with this and that then becomes a place where you can very easily display and move uh, photographs around especially if they're your fairly standard six by four prints um, though that sort of photographic paper uh, really sticks well again using static to these boards and you can live with your photos if you've got a project on the go you can live with your photos you can move them around you can group them you can ungroup them um, you can give them social distancing if you need to you, all, all sorts of things and and really get to grips with understanding what your photos mean to you not just when you print them and you're all excited but but over time and, and build collections and so i'm going to put a link to the show notes to, to a product of that kind i'm sure you'll be able to buy them wherever you are my my link will be a uk based link of course but i'm sure you can buy them wherever you are and um you know really a fantastic tool to 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 help organize photographs and play with them wonderful that sounds like fun yeah (laughs) chris you've got a a a slightly cryptic pick of the week in our show well not cryptic but (laughs) <laughs> it says mm-hmm. be prepared in our notes and uh, it, it's kind of still on the on the more of the utilitarian side um, when I travel for photography then I I pride myself in being quick working on my photos and I do this I, I do this kind of every evening I get back to the hotel I import the photos and then I work on them and I sort them and one thing that I found that really helpful and doesn't really mean it doesn't really matter what software you use. I use Lightroom, but this works with on one software or the other other software that you might uh, do your photos with um, is to before you travel, spend some time and prepare. And that what I mean with that is um, think about how you want to organize your photos and and prepare that for that trip. So for me, that means uh, setting up some collections for one star, two star, three star, four star, and five star pictures, set a collection for pictures that need stitching, like panorama pictures, and uh, and and just have that little self-contained thing ready. So when you get to your hotel room at the end of a day shooting somewhere, um, just throw your pictures in there and, and, and you know how to sort them. So you will not have to think about that. And that might even be the start of a, of a, an organizational scheme that you might be able to carry through different kinds of events, different kind of things. It doesn't have to be travel. It could be in a, a birthday party. It could be um, a visit to the zoo or anything. Mm-hmm. Cool. Chris, um, how much do you uh, prepare for redundancy? You mean uh, from a backup I mean, point of view? Just uh, just overall gear failure uh, on any level, whether oh, it's I, chargers, cameras, uh, <laughs> software, whatever. I do I do have two cameras, um, but that's mostly because I have uh, one camera with a bigger sensor, one with a smaller sensor, so one lends itself more to telephoto, one more to wide angle. Um, mm-hmm. But if 
if I only had one camera, then and that would fail, I would I would fall back to my smartphone. Um, from uh, chargers, I do have two chargers um, because I once lost one, and that was kind of traumatizing. <laughs> and I don't want that yeah, again. Would be. And I have an external SSD, which I make a copy of the photos to. I have my laptop with me, so I make a copy of my photos from the memory card. And I will not format the memory card uh, until weeks later. So I have two copies, one on the memory card and one on the SSD. And I will carry those in different bags because if someone steals a bag with everything, then everything's gone. So I have... Uh, Whatever, whatever happens, I will have one copy of my photos. Super oh, prepared. Smart. Sounds you good. You were in the Boy yeah. Scouts, obviously. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the photo Boy Scouts, yes. De de definitely, <laughs> definitely, Chris, the, your, the tone of your contributions to this show is definitely <laughs> the tone of somebody who's just come back from a trip. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but, but that's okay. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, Ema, Ema, pick of the week. My pick of the week is direct... Is the lady that I spoke about earlier on, her name's Mary Ruth Welsh. So I've just a link into her, um, the project I was talking about. And also there's a link directly back to her website if people want to just explore what she's doing a little bit more because it's super interesting. Cool. Thank you. And Jeremiah? Well, um, again, I'll choose the photographer's playbook. And, and from that, I just a random by a photographer called Adam Bell. And uh, it's just a paragraph. He says, failing to succeed. He says, at the heart of art is failure. Fail often and fail hard. And then jumps forward. Take a picture you think or know won't work. Try a genre or a subject you dislike or that scare. Turn your photo into a painting, a performance or a sculpture, vice versa. Take a picture you don't recognize. And those are things that, that allow you to push your, and this is probably a good time uh, for you to experiment and do things like that in the comfort of your isolation. Good point. Yes, absolutely. There's no, that nobody's watching, are they at the moment? <laughs> you can, you, it, it's, it's, it's a safe place to play and a safe place to experiment and a safe place to fail if that's what happens. So yeah, good, good, good point. Whether you want, whether you want that or not. It is, it is that it is that indeed um and so which which uh, and on which upbeat note <laughs> it's probably it's probably time to close out our show to uh, for for this week um uh so uh well there we go um this has been the the future of photography um we're going to try and keep our smiles on um through through the coming weeks or and dare i say it maybe even months um and uh yeah we'll hope, hope to hear uh from listeners uh, uh about their experiments uh if if around the home uh, and in other constrained ways um and uh yeah let's keep talking everybody the thing that will keep us all sane is keep talking uh, and keep using our brains um and uh, mm -hmm. yeah we'll be here we'll be here and uh we'll we'll be here to talk and to help out and to and, and just to fill your ears with nonsense every week. <laughs> That's our job. <laughs> that is, as you say, Chris, our job. Absolutely. So take care, everybody out there, and look after yourselves, and we'll be back next week. Goodbye. 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 You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. 
subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com.